This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with her good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he puts his pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison. Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here with Allison Augusti. Hello. Hi. She is a hilarious Twitter personality and she writes for Seth Meyers show and a ton of other stuff. And she spells her name the way that I spell my name. And as I said on Twitter today, I only want to spend like 95% of the show talking about that. It is very important. Yeah. It is. We need to stick together. I feel like there's like a little cluster of us on Twitter. Yes, there absolutely is. There's Allison Leiby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only one I can think of. But there's-, there's Allison Bedell, who is the wife of Skip. Well, both the Bedells. Am I saying their name right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Both the Bedells are on Catch a Contractor with Adam Carolla. Okay. And someone gave her a little guff, a little back talk, because she's sass. Like- yeah, and she said that. Because someone says something like, well, Adam works with Allison's who spell their name the wrong way, something like that. And she said, no, he works with the ones who spell it the right way. <laughs> it's an ex- it's excessive to have two L's. That's it's, right. It's Allison. That's, spelling your name yes, Allison. exactly. Why but in the world? I know. I didn't want to jump in this into this so soon <laughs> when there's also the issue of, well, there's more issues. There's a lot of issues. But let's just get into it right now, let's which is growing up, what was your understanding for why you had your name spelled that way? Um, I, I don't think I ever asked or received an answer on that. I don't know. I think they just thought logically that's how you spelled it. Right. Because your parents are logical people. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there was. They 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 just squander letters. Why would we have another L in there? We don't need it. That's right. Were you aware that it was the, some would say, less common way to spell it? Um, I think, yeah. Because I feel like, uh, it was a popular name growing up and, um, uh, I was always the only one eld one. Right. But I still felt like Did I was you have on the any right those side of why? History. Did you have why people in your class? I didn't have any whys. I've never, I don't they know. They must feel never... weird. That's so weird. Have you ever met one with a U? No. I knew an A L Y S U N. That's inappropriate. It's you just... knew an asshole. <laughs> I feel like a Y She's is more of an nice. asshole. No, I, I met her parents. Yeah. Than. That's true. Yeah. I feel like a Y is more, you made a choice. That's not what it says on your birth certificate. Right. Now, are you ever Allie? No, no. I don't have the personality to be an Allie. Oh, I don't think I do either. And yet I... Well, I don't even know that I have the personality to be an Allison. Because <laughs> Allisons <laughs> are oftentimes sunny and blonde. 
Really? I think so. I've never met a sunny blonde Allison. I just knew the one with the U in her name. Okay. <laughs> okay. Name think- such because she was a ray of sunshine or something like that. I mean, I'm not <laughs> making this up. I feel I, like Allison's in pop culture. Like there was Allison from The Sure Thing, which is an amazing movie. I don't know it. Okay. Um, well, she was sort of an uptight nerd. So Allison's can either See, be. I think they're all. I think they're all brunette uptight nerds. That's every Allison I've ever met. There's and the, me. <laughs> and me. And so there you go. But I know that there was like a real sort of floozy blonde, big blonde haired Allison that was dumb on something. Like, oh, man. <laughs> I can't I definitely look that up. <laughs> Gary, could you get that on the screen? No, on, oh, yeah, on. Allison. I feel like it maybe on like Silver Spoons or on Family Ties or I don't know. I just know I've seen it. Hence this idea that there's these different types of Allison. OK. I always thought that it, that it, that was a name that fit. Like I was always fine with Allison. Really? Like I don't think I could have been a Britney or anything yeah. with like a Y at the end. Or a Tiffany. No Tiffany's. Does anyone ever tell you, oh, you look like a something? No. Linda Hamilton. I've got to look like a name. <laughs> That's not a name. Right. Uh, um, no. Well, my parents, and I think, I don't think this is true, but they would say to me that. Oh, that's not. I actually did think of. I've gotten Rachel twice. I have gotten. Sorry, I think Rachel is a similar. Very loud. That's the one other name yeah. that I have gotten, but I just take that to be. A Semitic thing. Really? But you don't look Jewish. I think it's a no-nonsense name. I think Allison is a no-nonsense name, and I think Rachel is a no-nonsense name. That is so crazy. We're going to have to have, <laughs> when we, at our next Allison meeting, we're going to have to find out how many others have been told they could be a Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, like, truly, that's what people say. You look more like a Rachel. Yeah. And so, I don't think of myself as a Rachel at all, though. I don't either. But you think of yourself as no-nonsense. I think of myself as no-nonsense and an uptight nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my parents said, but see, I'm realizing, like I, I just started to say, I don't think this is true, but in f- something about, oh no, you know what? <laughs> what a horrible story. <laughs> that has to do, okay, so my middle name is Michelle with two L's. Okay. And a lot of people want to put one L in Michelle. That's weird to me. I think so too. <laughs> Clearly we're cut from the same, same part thing. of the alphabet. <laughs> but my mom would say, no, in French, two L's is female. And one L is male. Okay. But that makes sense. But as for why my name is spelled Allison with only one L, I don't really know. But see, as I was saying, sometimes I am an Allie. But oh. people will be fast and loose with that. People that don't know me, and they'll be like A-L-L-I. Uh, yeah, A-L-L-I or A-L-L-I-E. And it's like, no, it's very much just A-L-I. Yeah. If yeah. it's going if to you're be. you're going to do this yeah. monstrous thing. Right. Yeah. No, I never get my name shortened. I think people know that I... Did you ever get Al? Or no. the worst worst form of that? Big Al? No. <laughs> I was a big Al. Oh, no. And I didn't like that. <laughs> no. Can I understand why not? Yeah. No, no. I mean, first of all, I never wanted to be called a boy's name to begin with. Then big didn't make it any no, better. No, you're not helping at all. No. Um, no. I wasn't a big... I didn't really have nicknames. You're lucky. Unfortunate. I don't know. It's like supposed to be an endear... It's an endearing thing, right? Yeah. If you like someone enough to give them a nickname. Well, I guess, assuming the nickname's nice. Yeah, Big L's, Big L's tough. <laughs> it wasn't good. But that was always said in an affectionate way. Yeah. I feel okay. like, the, I don't know who Big Al is, but there is a Big Al somewhere. It might right. be one of the bears in Country Bear Jamboree. I don't know. Yeah. Are you I'm looking at Big Al? Well, there's Big Gay Al from South Park. No, this was before South Park. All right, I'm looking it up. Maybe Big and Al just go together. 
Like if you have red hair, people probably call you Big Red. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're big. (laughs) So the other thing. Tough life. Then seriously, let's move off of the names. (laughs) I'm talking to myself. (laughs) Is that before the show started, I said, is it a ghosty or a ghosty? Yeah. And you said and it's, it's gusty. Neither. Yeah. Right. And that was crazy to me. Not crazy, but it was, it made me go, oh, oh, here's something weird. Because I just had a comedian named Hampton Yunt on my podcast. Sure. I know Hampton. You know him? Yeah. Y-O-U-N-T. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Conversation be before the show. Is it Yunt or Yunt? And he said it's Yunt. Yeah. So I'm beginning to think when I don't know how to pronounce anything, it's just a U no, sound. No. I think, uh, well, I am definitely wrong and he is also wrong. Okay. Because it sh- it's a ghosty. But our family doesn't pronounce it that way. It doesn't make it. If that's an O, it should be a U if I want that. Right. Right. Is it Italian? It's Italian. So let's let's deal with something important. All right. You hike? I hike. I came from a hike. I did not plan well. In my mind, I was going to – I had two things to do today (laughs) Um, and I would have had plenty of time to also hike and shower before I came here. That's a packed day. It's a packed day. Two things. Yeah. And a recreational activity. I don't know. And a shower. And a shower. Get out of here. Don't discount that. Yeah. That's its own thing. That's a thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm very sorry that I – Oh, no. It's okay. Where where were you hiking? At Griffith Park. Very close. Are you a regular hiker? I am. Well, I just moved to New York. Uh, for late night, but before that, I would I tried to hike every day at Griffith Park. It's it's been like a weird two year existential crisis where I would just go like if I could go every day, I would go every day, um, and just a very aggressively hike to clear your mind. I think so. Is I that what happens when you do it? Do you find yourself thinking and clearing? No, I feel like well. Since I've been this trip, I just made this mental decision that I'm only going to listen to Mariah Carey for a week. Um, so I just listened to Mariah. I don't think I was thinking anything mm-hmm. other than uh, listening to Mariah Carey's greatest hits. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's just great exercise and good to be outside. You get some cool, weird tans, <laughs> um, and then and you feel like you did something, mm-hmm. you know. Why the Mariah Carey only? I don't know. I feel like I get very obsessed with a song or an artist, and she's it right now. I love her so much because she just she's this like '90s diva excess that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, I love butterflies and I love diamonds, and that's <laughs> and it. glitter and glitter. Right? Wasn't that her? <laughs> so so <with> her. <laughs> um, and that's it. And like. It's it's just she's just such an insane personality that we don't have anymore, and I think her music's fun. But yeah, well, that's a good answer. Then, who are some of the past obsessions? Um, I think less embarrassing ones like my favorite band is the Walkmen, so I feel like I go through very heavy uh, phases where that's all I listen to. Um, that's a big one. Or are they still together? No, they just broke up. Mm. Um, which was a real bummer. They're a band I rediscover on my yeah. iPod or whatever every now and again. Yeah, absolutely. The, what's the lead singer's name? It's something like Hampton. It, it it's Hamilton Lighthouser. Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're totally close. Um, yeah, Hampton Yunt Yunt mm-hmm. Yunt Yunt. It's crazy. I it's know. not com- like it makes. He's very funny. He is funny. Yeah, and he's never met another Hampton. But I have. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel important in his life in some way, even though I did nothing to bring them together and at times I confused them. But you are like somehow you've tied you're tied to them, you know. I'm like the Kevin Bacon you're that link. Yeah. 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 In their game. Yeah. If they ever meet. So okay. 
where were you born? Where have you lived? And I, I was unclear on where you lived currently. So right. now I know. So yes. talk me through all that. Okay. All right. Um, I grew up in Southern California in Rancho Cucamonga. I know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did you recently buy an RV? No. A, I was born there. A, were you really? Yeah. It's cool. I didn't know you were born there. Yeah. I knew about your. I didn't know I was born there until a few weeks ago when I had to renew my passport. Where do you think oh, you were wow. born? I don't know. In <laughs> California, but my mom got all indignant when I didn't know. And then there was an awesome moment that night at dinner where it was me, her, and my dad. And she starts telling this story in this grand theatrical way. And she gets to the end. And my dad's like, I don't know where I was born. It's great. I don't. No offense. I don't get the thing where people don't know where they were born. I yeah, feel like we that's never like... lived there. Yeah, but still. Were you just like ambling through, like on the 10? No, like, like they live there. They live there and like we moved on like the seventh day after I was born. Oh, wow. So it was just, I've always identified with these other cities and I knew I was born somewhere kind of, you know. Moving yeah. with with a seven-day-old baby has got to be Seems. insane. And also, how do you set your security question for passwords? Isn't that one of them usually? Where were you born? I mean, I just, I have an idea in my head of where I think I was born. Yeah. That's kind of what I use. <laughs> All right, so Rancho Cucamonga. Um, I went to school in Claremont. Oh, nice. That's why, and sure. it's not that One far. Of the, yeah, and you I went to college. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I interviewed someone who owned a record label, and I wonder if he still does. It was many, many years ago, um, and he lived in Rancho Cucamonga, and that's why I know it. Great. Um, it's a, just a boring suburb, um, and I lived there all through high. Well, obviously through high school and part of college. Because um, I went to UCR, which mm-hmm. is very nearby. Uh, and after that, I moved to L.A. And I was there for four years, four or five years. And then I just recently moved to Brooklyn. And so you went to UCR, that's University of California, Riverside. Yes. Where they have the barn, where I saw many yeah, a band. Do absolutely. they still have bands performing there? Uh, and when I graduated, they still did, yeah. And you said part of college, did you transfer and finish somewhere no, else? No, I, uh, I lived at home for it. My first two years, though, which was miserable. It's weird. It's weird. It is weird. Well, it's weird. I don't know. I moved back home after college for a little while. Oh, that's rough. That was yeah. I think that's probably worse than. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, like I went to a college that was almost everyone lived on campus. I don't yeah. think anyone lived at home still. Yeah, UCR is a commuter school, and to me, it just didn't make like money sense to do it. Right. Um. So I didn't. Uh, but then I immediately regretted it because it's this big part of college. I never felt like connected. I have no real feelings about where I went to school or, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't. You didn't have that experience, that Felicity no. experience that right. we all crave <laughs> of following a man to, across the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, having Noel in your dorm oh, and God. stuff. Uh, I have a friend that we argue. I'm a Noel person through and through. Not a Ben person because mm-hmm. Ben is the worst. You disagree. Well, I didn't – I think I liked Ben a little better, but I also didn't really stick with the series enough to really know what I'm talking about. You know, in the final season of Felicity, she uh, travels back in time. Is that true? <laughs> yes. I knew there was something weird like that. Yeah. She travels back in time to win. She tra- So she redoes her senior year. Why? Like, well, because they wanted to leave her in college. <laughs> but she um, – it's amazing. I watched the entire series like a, a year ago, um, and she becomes friends with, with a witch, 
and this witch gives her a brew <laughs> and she drinks it and it makes her go back in time and she dates Noel instead of Ben. So it's like a real sliding doors kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then at the end, she wakes up and it was all a dream. Not really. <laughs> Not, yeah. That's but seriously? Yeah. And then she gets back together with Ben. Spoiler alert. It's really bad. <laughs> How could they think that was a good idea to do that when that's already been done on so many shows? Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. I think it got, I think the story is it got a full season pickup and they weren't expecting it to. Oh. And it's like, I don't know. Let's just make her, let's just uh, bring a witch in. <laughs> I mean, did they lose you at all at that point or were no, you along I think for the I ride? Was more, I was more interested. I wanted to see what they were going to do with. It was great. Right. It was really bad. It was a bad show. It was a really bad show. I thought what I remember thinking when I was watching it was she's a horrible person. Yeah, absolutely. But why now I can't remember why. I don't have the same working knowledge of Felicity that I do of a show like, say, Facts of Life. I've seen every episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, huge fan. But Felicity, <laughs> I just know that I thought that she acted in a pretty unconscionable way at the beginning. Right. Was well, she very manipulative? Yes. I think to Noel, she was very manipulative and she was obsessed with Ben. I mean, she followed Ben to nyu because he wrote something sweet in her yearbook yeah, that's psycho yeah it's psycho. that's and that is the premise of the show mm-hmm. that's the premise of the show and then it's like oh and also we're gonna have some weird time travel stuff at this <laughs> and then she was always who was she sending these tapes to her they're just like her diary and she would oh. leave them everywhere like i feel like her tapes she would record her like most secret thoughts and then just like leave them out even though she had a roommate and mm-hmm. just like people would just walk in. So I feel like her tapes got discovered four or five times. Like that was a pretty common thing. Yeah. Device on the show. I think she would learn to keep them in a more she safe didn't. place. She no. wouldn't. She absolutely didn't. She needed the cloud, but this was pre cloud. It was pre cloud. So, okay. Did you end up living in the dorms when you moved out? No. Of, you just moved into an apartment? Yeah, yeah. Which also was kind of like I was with friends, but it still was, it felt very distant and from. Like far from campus. Mm. What did you major in? Uh, English literature. That's what I majored in. Oh, great. And wh- what do you say when people ask you about that? Um, I think uh, I honestly don't think it mattered. Like I just that was my I think my big reason for doing it was as I was picking my major, I listened to an interview with Bill Maher and he was like, it doesn't matter. I was an English major. And I was like, all right. And then <laughs> like that was really the amount of – I didn't want to be undeclared and I didn't want to be liberal arts because I felt like those were too – You could be just liberal arts? I think so. At least – yeah, at UCR, I think you can. Mm-hmm. I think um, where, where it's just – I didn't want something that was like wishy-washy. Right. I wanted like – um, wanted to commit. Yeah. And so – that was like the 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 jocks of the English department were English lit, and I was like, "Well, I'll do that," um, and then have never used it. Wait, English literature as opposed to creative, creative writing? writing? Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yes, um, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it doesn't matter. Doesn't I think because unless you are going to a trade school or you're trying to learn a trade or something like that, which I feel like is a different, that's a a direction you can go, but it's different than the one that I went. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the, like, what, what do you get a degree in that even directly applies? Like, I think if you're going to be an accountant. Yeah. But other than that, and like hard sciences, but right. Well, I had friends who had jobs right at, they, they were recruited their last year of college. Although, 
I personally would not have wanted to do that thing where I graduated and then showed up on Monday for my job. Right. I prefer what I did. Was totally lost for a few years. That's great. <laughs> Didn't know what the hell I was going to do and yeah. freaked out. Yeah. Not really. But I couldn't imagine going into a job right away. But they majored in economics and then they got sure. like consulting jobs. But they burnt out and none of them are doing that now. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of them switched to nonprofit stuff. So, yeah. yeah. We made the right choice. Thanks. I think so. I think we did. Uh, Okay. So then you moved to LA for five, four or five years. Yeah. And what did you do? Um, Did a lot of hanging out and being (laughs) very poor. Uh, I got involved with UCB. um, And that's when I got, that's when I started thinking about like writing and comedy as a job, Mm -hmm. as though that was something I could do. Um, And I got my first couple of bad gigs, which led to like better things. And then finally, uh, what I have, what I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, I really loved living here and I'm, I'm so home, like, like this was our first hiatus and I just immediately, like, I was like, I will be here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of crazy. I'm very surprised by how homesick I, although I had to drive to Santa Monica today and immediately was over it. I was like, <laughs> fuck this place. It's the worst. That yeah. drive on the 10 is the worst. Where in L.A. did you live? Uh, in Silver Lake-ish, Atwater area. That's the opposite of Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago did you move to New York? Um, Like five or six months ago. And where in Brooklyn are you living? Williamsburg. How do you like it? I really like it. Um, It's just been cold since I got there. Uh, so it's it was very hard to gauge. I'm trying to be diplomatic about... How much you're not loving New York? Uh, yeah. But now, like, the last couple of weeks, the sun has come out, and it's crazy the change. Like, people are, like, you go from everyone's, like, bundled up to then everyone is super horny. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such an insane change, and it's awesome. So these last couple of weeks have been great. And, like, people want to do stuff. Um, but, yeah, w- the winter was awful and weird and very lonely, mm-hmm. which isn't, I don't even think is so much New York's fault as much as... I think if I had moved here from somewhere else, I would have still been. I think you, there's a, like, when you move across the country and all of your friends and your life is somewhere else, it's, like, hard to, it's hard to adjust to that. Totally. I um, lived in New York for about nine years. Oh, wow. People give me shit for talking too much about it, but um, no. you know what? They can fuck off. So when, and I moved from here to there, and that, adjust, and I kind of, I didn't have a job or anything. I was just like, I can't, I can't oh be God. in Southern California my whole life. I have right. to go. Like that's where. And I was, a, I was working as a journalist at that point. And yeah. at that point, you still could be a journalist. And there were a lot yeah. of magazine jobs and all that. That I just felt like I, I was hitting. There just wasn't enough of that industry out here anyway. Right. Um, and it surprised me how long it took to feel comfortable there and the adjustment period. And I just, I got really insecure in a way that I didn't expect. Like I almost, it, it wasn't just that I didn't know the city. I suddenly felt like I don't know who I am anymore. I don't really? know where I fit in. I, it's funny being back, um, the things like the difference in people is so true. Like, we were trying to pick – I have friends here that we were trying to pick a place to go eat last night and just the text conversation of like, well, we could go here or here or here. 
we're here. And I'm like, just pick a place. Let's just like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. Let's just pick a like, this wouldn't happen. You feel like in New York, they don't do that as much? I don't think so. I feel like it's like, we are going to this place, be there at this time. And it's, I just, that, I feel that urgency. Yes. Like that doesn't, hasn't, obviously I, I was there three days ago, so it has, I haven't shaken <laughs> it. But like, I feel, I just feel that like, let's just go, let's just pick a thing and go to it. Um, so much more now where everyone's like, let's just, and we'll get there when we get there. And I can't, I've already, that I've adopted. I think mentality wise, I'm, I, I fit into New York a little better and it's maybe made me a little bit of a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you, but I, oh, but my point was, I feel that I'm starting to feel that more where it's like, shit, where do I fit now? Mm Because, like, people, like, lives continued here, like, friends and stuff continue here. Um, And now I have, I feel like, you know, you just, you feel like you split. Yeah. You know, there's things, there's people and things that I care about so much here, but now they're starting to be in New York, too. And it just feels very weird where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm, I feel strange missing stuff in either place. Yes. Which is very odd. I used to ha- I used to refer to it as like nostalgia vertigo. Yeah, when I would come out here That's and great. I would just it just just being hit with stuff all over the place. Right. Yeah, I feel a little bit like um, uh, I'm going to go see my old sketch team. They have a show on Thursday, and I'm like, God, is this going to be like the guy that hangs out in his high school parking lot? Like, why <laughs> am I bothering? <laughs> like, I'm not on it. So that's a little weird. Where. Like, I miss being a part of that scene so much, and I miss those people, but I also feel like maybe I was supposed to move on and not mm-hmm. be a, I don't know. Um, well, so is is this your – this is not your first writing for, for a no, TV show job, no, is it? No, Well, yeah, talk me through what some of the early jobs uh, were. I worked at – I worked on Rob Deirdrick's Ridiculousness. Um, that was the first – that's the um, only other, like, big – thing that I had and then I did some like punch up and on other shows where I'm not I feel like I wasn't I'm not is that like admitting you're a ghostwriter or something yeah yeah, yeah. um uh what's no, that process like the doing punch up mm-hmm. uh that's great cuz you get to be on set and you're working with the writer of the episode and just like it's just like doing the math of finding the joke that works the best and that's always fun um, is that challenging? Really enjoyed, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really enjoyed doing that a lot. Um, but yeah, that I, this was my first thing that wasn't in Los Angeles for sure. How is it? Um, great. I love it so much. It's, it's, I, we work in 30 rock, which is, um, such an insane, cool, historic building. And, um, like we're on the same floor as SNL and, uh, I, just I remember on my first day I was like I'm never gonna take this for granted like that I get to work here and it's I feel so lucky and blessed to be a part of this cool new show and I think and so that was December and that's when the tree is up outside Mm -hmm. and it's just packed with pedestrians or not pedestrians with tourists who are pedestrians they're not driving cars (laughs) um and I think Maybe like week two, I push an old woman, uh, not all the way to the ground, but I definitely out of my way to get into the building. So like that it wore just means off. you're adjusting. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it like wore off pretty quick. The like, oh, this is yeah, you know, the majesty of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you you take for granted like 
that everything is marble. Mm-hmm. And you're like, get out. I need to be. I should have been at work five minutes ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great place to be. Everyone's uh, super talented and very funny. And yeah, it's great. Did you ever go ice skating? No. I. The older I get, the more I, one, can't. And two, the older I get, the more afraid I am of just falling down. Mm-hmm. And I just won't do it. This comes up on this show somewhat frequently uh, because I've been trying to get Daniel, that is my now husband, but at the time that we were talking about it, he was my pro- probably boyfriend and then fiance because this has been going on for a while. <laughs> trying to get him to go ice skating. Yeah. And, and he was uh, you know, afraid he's going to like break his wrist or his all yeah, the things you can break. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, no, it's no problem at all. And so I put it on Twitter and people are like, oh, yeah, you'll break a whatever. Yeah. Um, but then it's still an ongoing thing. In fact, on the Thursday version of this show where there's there's like a group of us that do this show and Gary's one of them, he knows. We have a plan to go ice skating together. Airtight. <laughs> it's any, only day been, any day. And he'll do it. It's, it's been, been going on since... Seven months? Yeah. But one of these days we are going to do it. What yeah. if, it, like, if he wore pads, would he be more on board to do it? Like... Oh, he's not even part of that plan. <laughs> oh, okay. That's just the rest of us. Oh, oh, right. Okay. I, um, as someone who used to do a fair amount of ice skating, if you're considering pads, you're fucked. No. Well, I was just thinking some sort of bargaining thing with your husband right. to get him to do I it. I think he will do it. Matt hasn't – there's someone else who's a first-timer. Is it Jenna? Yes, but that doesn't make sense because she grew up in Utah. I don't think I'll ever do it. Really? I don't think so. Do you roller skate at all? No. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I'd be more likely to jump out of a plane than ice skate. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because that to me sounds scary. Like I think that I will go through this life never skydiving. Really? Yeah. I I might do heroin when I'm 80, (laughs) but I won't ever skydive unless it's like – unless that's how I decided I wanted to die. But I don't want to die that way. No. I'd rather die from heroin. But you have like another person strapped to you. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make me feel better about it though. Okay. I mean, maybe, does it seem like something that's fun to you? No. I think (laughs) it's more, (laughs) I think it's more uh, just how much you're not going to go ice skating. Yes. I'm like, well, I got to back it up with something else. No, like, uh, I do think it's this amazing thing that human beings do for no reason. And like I should experience it. Like mm-hmm. it's as ama- like we fly a plane up and then jump out of it just for that five rush. second rush. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So how did you get the Seth Meyers job? Uh I should call it late night, right? Because that's what you guys call yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um uh I submitted a packet and got called in for an interview and I did very, very poorly in the interview. And then somehow still got hired. I feel like I was their pity hire. How do you know you did poorly? Um, I was high out of my mind on cough medicine. And uh, also the interview took place. I'm a huge SNL fan. I'm a huge Seth Meyers fan. And um, so when I went into interview, I'm very good at like not feeling stressed until like five minutes before I have to do a thing, Mm -hmm. which in some ways is is good because I'm still functioning like for a while, but then it's really bad. So uh, I had a really bad cold and I had taken a lot of cold medicine and they called me to come in for the interview. Was that in New York or was that out here? It was in New York. I got there uh, like an hour early (laughs) because I was so worried about screwing up the subway. Um, And I come up I didn't know where I was interviewing until I got there and then realized we were interviewing on SNL's floor. And I was there so early 
they just sort of let me wander around, which is very intimidating because it's historic and there's like uh, like famous and stuff, yeah, right? everywhere. So you're just walking around and recognizing things and getting and I was getting more and more stressed out. And they called me into the interview and it was with uh, Mike Shoemaker, who's the executive producer, Alex Bays, who's a head writer, and Seth Myers, who I in my head just didn't think was going to be there, um, which is insane because he's picking – he's interviewing writers for a show. Um, but I can see where you'd think like, oh, like, I'm not at that – this isn't that level right, yet or something. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing I said was like, come on. Like it's just not fair. We're on this like famous floor of this famous building – with a person I've been watching on television since I was 14. It just wasn't fair. You said that? I, I said, come on. And I think they knew <laughs> um, what that was. And then I think of of my time in that interview, I spent 70% of it just talking about how much cough medicine I had taken. <laughs> like, it, I didn't do a good job. I just didn't do – I didn't say anything that made me seem – like a competent person. I was like, oh, I came so early because I don't understand the subways and I've had a lot of cough medicine and isn't it crazy that I'm here? Um, <laughs> uh, but then somehow I got hired uh, and here I am. Not not in the – I don't know why I said here. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. But yeah. Then there you are. And there, there I you am. go. Yeah. I just had Jack Burdett. Do you know him? Mm-mm. Um Writer, producer for Mindy Project and oh, nice. 30 Rock. And he's actually going to – he's working on Tina Fey's new show. Oh, great. But we were talking about these kind of interviews. Yeah. And – or the, I guess it was the ones he's talking about are a little bit different. But basically, when as you're telling your story, what I'm realizing yeah. – although I never realized this when I do interviews or when I um, am being interviewed mm-hmm. for job type things. What I'm realizing is basically they're just assessing whether they can work with you. Right. Whether they get – it's like – it's not about you – dazzling them with right. your material because that's already Cause they've, they've seen, seen it they're right. just trying to make sure you're not a wackadoo right yeah Which did you I know that going in that that's what that was no i i don't no i don't think i at least not to the i thought i i certainly didn't think i did anything that endeared me to them <laughs> um after my interview uh Seth Meyers walked me to the elevator. He was like, they're kind of tricky. You have to push the button. Like, you have to push in your floor from the outside. And as I sat there with him, like, waiting for the elevator, I was like, he thinks I'm too dumb to push one. (laughs) He thinks I'm too dumb. Like, it's not he's being a nice person um, and walking me out. He's he thinks I'm an idiot. Like, that was just sort of just to give you an idea of how bad I think I did. Um. But that can't be the case. No, no, no. I think he was just – he's a nice, nice guy. You're talking yeah, about yeah. how high you are and this one you have to put the floor in on the outside. Like that wouldn't necessarily occur to no, you. No, no, no. He was – I think just okay. – he's absolutely was just being uh, a nice dude. I actually know those elevators. Yeah, they're a little – And I have done the thing where I see one open and I just go into it it's, and then I yeah. have to do the embarrassing thing of backing out of it yeah. and realizing yeah. that. I've done it where I'll get off on – some of those floors are so weird. Like you get off on some random – It's like, like being John Malkovich. Yeah, like where – who works on this floor? It's like barren. It's very strange. Yeah. One time I got off on – like 10 or 11, just some arbitrary floor. And there's just one uh, office chair that just like wheeled by. That's weird. Yeah. 
And <laughs> and then I got back on the elevator. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to. I can't stay. I yeah. used to do um, a segment every Saturday morning on Weekend Today in New York. Oh, nice. Which was on the sixth floor. Yeah. So you're on the eighth, though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I know. Yeah. Right there. Um, Something else. Uh-oh. Total brain. This is the th- third show in a row. Except not in a row, just the third show, mm-hmm. where I've had a significant brain fart, and I felt the need to let everyone know that it's happening. Oh, it's okay. Other more professional, like Terry Gross, she would just power through. She Well... She would edit would... it out. Yes. She would edit around the fart. Yeah. Not the, me. Not you. No. I think it's better. It's, you're more candid. I know what I was going to say. This okay. is what it was. This We might lose some people on this one, because it's a very specific to New York question. Okay. But given that you're working at 30 Rock... Have you thought to yourself, Williamsburg might not be the most convenient place for me to be living? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because um, I have to, I have a transfer. The yeah. L is very crowded. It's and it doesn't. It's not that great. It's not that great. No. Oh well. I, oh, I guess I, you love it. Yeah, I. I mean, it's it comes every three minutes in the morning, but it's still just it's just insanely crowded. And you have to transfer at Union Square, right? I, I transfer it's at sixth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is better because Union Square is insane. I, it's it's crazy how much least, it clears out. My least Union favorite, Square. yeah, of awful. all the squares. I think of of my no, commute, actually, Harold Square is my least favorite of squares. Go oh ahead. sure, but I think of of commute wise, I have the I have the easier transfer, and I like the L. I think I would have lived in Brooklyn regardless. How come? I don't know. I just don't. I don't think I could have handled. So like in the city, mm-hmm. I lived when I lived in L.A., I lived in I lived like Miracle Mile area for a year and couldn't do it, which is why I moved to the moved to Atwater. Right. Yeah. Got to be on the outside. Now, you are the only female on the staff. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. There's two others. Great. <laughs> I saw some photos. Uh, I was the first uh, woman hired. You were the first woman hired. Yeah, but then there there are two more. <laughs> yeah, where did I what where did I see these photos? I'm trying to remember what they were, and then you would know where I saw them. It was definitely online, sure, and it was back before the show had aired. Yeah, so it was like here are, maybe it was just here are the writers. So here, far. yeah, yeah. I think it was like here's the first batch of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I know the photo you're talking about. It was there was more than one. Yeah. Um, a few, a few photos. Yes, where you are the only woman. Only yes, woman. you're not wrong that there is a photo where I'm the only woman. Right. In it. What was it like being the only woman in the photo? <laughs> uh, f- uh, f- fine. Yeah, I think they really went out of their way to hire a lot of like cool, h- high quality people. I don't know. Like, I we don't really have any, um, anybody that's like hard to deal with mm-hmm. so no it wasn't bad and that was what also, if that means you're the one who's hard to deal maybe, with maybe maybe i don't know i don't think so I, you don't seem like you are <laughs> uh but yeah uh it was fine it, it was a that was sort of a small that first group was like seven seven or eight of us it was like a very small skeleton crew before the show like really kicked into production but yeah you know what else is ready to kick into production what I'll tell you, <laughs> Bark Box. 
Their their production has already kicked in. I'm actually very, very, very excited that BarkBox is, has become a sponsor on my show because I've known about BarkBox for a while and I've thought they would be perfect for me at least because I have a dog and they're pretty much perfect for everyone who has a dog. You sure. have a dog, I right? I do have a dog, yeah. BarkBox, it's, I don't know if you're familiar with them, I, but I'm it's not. a monthly box of treats, toys, and goodies for your dog. Oh my God. Because so much of the stuff that we consume or get can be done on a subscription service. Yeah. But what about your dog? What about that dog? Exactly. Um, and they deliver it right to your door. So you sign up at BarkBox.com forward slash best friend. And then you can, if you do that, if you sign up at BarkBox.com forward slash best friend, you save 20% on a new subscription. And each box has four to six full-size products, everything from toys, gadgets, all natural healthy treats, and more. Um, and they've tested everything before they send it. So don't you worry. It's all Awesome. And BarkBox is committed to the cause of homeless dogs. As a rule, they give 10% of their revenue to local rescues and shelters across the U.S. and Canada. In 2013, BarkBox donated over 150000 to dogs in need. Um, so basically what I'm saying is you can feel good on two fronts. You feel good when the box arrives and you can give whatever it is to your dog. And then you also feel good because you know that you're doing good. Save 20% on your new subscription. Or pubscription, if you're into puns, by visiting barkbox.com forward slash best friend. Again, that's barkbox. Again, that's barkbox.com forward slash best friend to save 20%. What kind of dog do you have? He is a terrier mix. I got him from the animal shelter. He weighs nine pounds. Mm -hmm. He's a real chill dude. I really like him. Did you know he was a chill dude before you got him? Is that why you got him? No, I think I lucked out because I fell in love with him. Um, he was, I bought him, I got him at like a very inopportune time. Like Mm -hmm. I was moving, but we, I stopped into a, um, like adoption thing and just, I just had to have him. Like I was sort of thinking that I would get one eventually. And then I just did. Even though you were moving. Even though I was moving. Did you think I'm doing something dumb? I mean, I'm not judging you, but. Kind of. Not that like, not that I couldn't take care like it was just a weird bad time i was like i needed you to show up six months from now not now Mm -hmm. um but it's great what's his name harvey oh he's a cool dude that's very cute yeah how's he adjusting he's doing okay he was really bad with the snow he hated the snow um but now that that's gone he's doing great so how much if any of your career stuff do you think um was helped by being on Twitter? Um, I think it's another place to showcase that you can write jokes. I think if you um, are a writer who wants to get hired, you should absolutely have an online presence. It doesn't have to specifically be Twitter, but like you need to be showing that you can do the thing that you want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like whether it's, being funny on Tumblr or Twitter or um, Vine. Vine's not still a thing, is it? I think it is. It hasn't been for me for a real long time. Yeah, I, find, I, I deleted it off my phone. You did? I deleted it that off my phone. That is bold. I don't think that deletes my account is a problem. Oh, yeah. I think my account is still there. I just don't have the thing anymore. On my I, phone. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't have six seconds apparently. I can't bring myself to watch people's vines. And I know that there are vine celebrities. Yeah. I would like to know if that gets them anywhere. I don't know. I think – well, I I feel like they get 
spo- I've seen some sponsored vines. Really? Yeah. So it gets the money. It gets the money. I know that someone was pitched for this show, and the hook was he has a lot of Vine followers, and I wanted to laugh. I think I did laugh. I but just it, it maybe I missed int- out on having a great person. Yeah, or asking like how you build a Vine follow. I don't know. See that? <sighs> yeah, also boring. Yeah. Um, but some of the vines I watch, I just said I don't ever watch them. <laughs> But Dan- aforementioned Daniel, who won't go ice skating, mm-hmm. I think he – I don't know if he still does, but for a while he was sort of following the various Vine celebrities and whatnot. And he would show them to me and they're funny. I mean people do creative things. Yeah. I just think – it's like that thing where people who have amazingly popular or viral YouTube videos, that's a very specific right. style. Yeah. And – there, people have trouble getting that to translate into yeah. other forms. Vine is even more like it's like that times a thousand million. Right. But that I think Vine is at least a thing where you have time for a joke. You yeah. know, like this is a visual joke of some or a, you're making some sort of if you're doing it right, which I never did. It would just be like my dog running around. <laughs> I did. Uh, that, that's what my Vines were <laughs> too. It's like this. I am not good at this. Uh. Um, but I think <laughs> – so I don't funny. think if t- like it doesn't have to be Twitter specifically, but obviously you have the internet has given all of us this opportunity to present ourselves, you know, in like a different way instead of just like sub- blindly submitting. You can build a following, or mm-hmm. you can, you know. So yes, absolutely, Twitter helped me get my job, and it would it help anyone if it's a it's part of your resume, you know. You and have so, yeah. you been on Twitter for a long time? Because I've known yes. about you and I've been following you for. Year, I mean, I I remember. I think I started following you when I was still living in New York. Oh wow! Yeah, I think I'm going to say a name, and you might not know who this is, or you might. I feel like I know who you are because of Leah Reich. Do you know? Uh, who, do you know her? Yes. Yeah. She's a San Francisco person, right? Yes. Yeah. But she was an Orange County person. That's oh, okay. But do you now? Were you a San Francisco person ever? No. Right? No. But there was like I feel like I've been on Twitter so long that it was still mostly popular with like developers in, in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a pocket of San Francisco people that I know. Right. From like 2009. Yes, this was you around know? then. Yeah. It was I may it may have been 2008 actually. Yeah. And it was also you look nice today. That cluster yes. of people. And I don't even know who they are. I just know that it's YLNT. Yeah. They're great. They're like one of those they're they're an interesting – that podcast is very interesting because that was early comedy from people that aren't comedians that are very, very funny. And like that show got so popular um, even though they're just three dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was that thing of like, see, you don't have to be a professional comedian. You can That show's great. I wish they still did it. I miss it a lot. I've noticed on your Twitter you do something smart, which is you erase all your at all your tweets to people. You just erase them so that you have like a very groomed feed. Yes? I try to clean it out. Like I hate that I'm sorry. I hate talking about Twitter, but but like um uh yeah, I try to clean it out like once a week because I don't because who cares? Who cares I know. About it? Yeah, because I don't want to go to a person's page and see their at- and not understand what it is. We see your jokes. I know. It makes sometimes it may, that things like that make me wonder if I should do that. But you have a verified account, right? I do. Because you're so I think it just cleans it up for you. Like they can choose to see all replies or not. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. 
I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm not sure how that works. I think that might only work for her. Like, I think if we go to twitter.com slash Allison Rosen, we'll see everything. But if you have a verified account, then there's a thing built into your website and your app where right, you can where shut can... off any, like, at replies that aren't from other famous people that are verified. I've got to do that. Lose the voice of the people? Come on. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't even – I. well, actually, on my phone, I do use Twitter to look at Twitter. So maybe I could do that. I never, ever do that. Um I think if I were to do that, it would just be to see who else that's verified actually tweets at me. And then I'd be like, oh, someone wrote something to me three years ago. Oh. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I leave mine there because I'm lazy, but also because I'm like, and this is an excuse. Well, it shows that I'm interacting. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think it's, I think it's douchier that I delete them. But you're not the only one. At all. Like a lot yeah. of people do that. But it's a lot, a lot, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's neuroses. Like to anytime people that like chronically delete tweets, which I definitely do, like if it doesn't do well. Oh, really? Um, I'll delete a tweet. Um, and that's just, that's just neuro. It's just the whole thing is just please validate me. And oh, if yeah. it doesn't do well, meaning get an appropriate number of retweets yeah. and faves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Are you a frequent favor? Um, I used to be, and now I feel like I don't go on it that much. No, I don't mean fave star. I mean, do you fave p- tweets a lot? Because I used right. to only fave ones, or maybe that is, maybe you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, right. My faves used to be, these are hilarious things that people have said, and I'm going to go back and look at them and, and have a laugh when I'm feeling blue. Yeah. And now it's just my way of... of Pretty much being like, that's funny. I see that. That's funny. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's what it's become for all of us. Yeah. We're throwing our stars away. I, yeah. I really feel like I throw a star away. Or I'll I'll fave things that I want to read later. Like if it's a link to something, I'll fave it and then read it and then unfave it. Mm. I know? will do that thing where I make it – I put it on my reading list on my phone. Oh. And then I you, never look at it. Do you use Instapaper? No, but I have that on my phone. I really like Instapaper. You a lot. still, pe- so you still use that? I do use it. Yeah, it's great for the subway. Because it's because it puts it offline. Yeah, yeah. Gary, Instapaper. No, I'm aware of it, but I don't. I don't have a lot of offline reading, so I don't really need it. But yeah, I think in LA it probably makes less sense. But I only I... fave things that make me laugh out loud, like oh. what you used to do. It's good. It's smart. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good like divide. I feel like sometimes, if especially if it's a friend or something, and it just reads as something they like something that's funny about them, I'll fave it. Like I don't know, it just it, it I don't have a set rule. Yeah, you know. Um, when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer and be a comedian? You said that you realized you could do it as a job yeah. at a certain point, but like at one point, did you realize that's what you wanted to do? Um, I think when I started getting involved in UCB, like I and I don't have a specific date but like 2009 2010 is when i started taking classes i think what drew you to ucb um that was i had friends that were involved in that theater and it really is i don't not to not to downplay the other ones but like io isn't really io's like improv it's not really sketch and it's not it doesn't like io and second city are such juggernauts in chicago but they're just not really a force here Mm -hmm. um so 
it was I didn't really think there was competition for where I wanted to be. And then like Groundlings, you're a writer performer. And when I first started, I didn't have a huge interest in performing. Um, so UCB really catered to everything I wanted to do as far as like learning how to write comedy for other people. Mm hmm. Um, so that's what drew me to it. What made you want to do that though? Um, uh, oh, I guess that's a good question. I think I, I've always been interested in comedy. I don't think anyone is like, nah, I didn't care about stand up <laughs> or sketch before. So I was always, I just didn't think it's a huge thing to be like, I'm funny enough to just do this. You know, it's a huge thing to say that. Um, uh, so I had other friends that were involved in the theater and um, just started taking classes. And then when it came time to submit for mod teams, I submitted and got on. And then, it, you know, like every time you get an affirmation that you're good enough, like that was like the first thing where it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm good enough to be on on a mod team at this theater that I really respect. Like that's your first like thing that lets you know you can do it. And then somebody asks you to work on something and, you know, you just get those little bumps up and then you're working as a comedy writer, you mm-hmm. know. Are what's what's your family like? Uh my mom is a therapist and my dad is retired from some sort of social he worked for social security in some abstract way that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have siblings? No. Only child. Only child. Are yeah. they funny? Uh, my dad, yes, actually, I think they. My think my mom is very uh, accidentally funny. Like, we'll say the craziest thing that she doesn't realize is hilarious. <laughs> um, and my dad is definitely where I got like my taste from. You know, like he's who intro- he like introduced me to Monty Python and and Kids in the Hall and Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons. You know, like that's where I got all of that from. Mm-hmm. Um. What was having a mom as a therapist like growing up? Exactly. Like the worst where I was like, I know what you do. I know you're analyzing me. <laughs> um, uh, and we are not on good terms. Yeah. Um, so not it was, I guess, not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's a tough – I think it's a tough position. It's a tough, it's a tough parent to have. It's a tough – having a therapist for a mom is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not on good terms do you guys talk no how long has it been uh gosh year and a half although she wrote something on my facebook wall the other day which is weird what'd she write um that i have a widow's peak like my grandfather i was like we haven't spoken (laughs) this is very strange the internet is very strange um but yeah i don't i don't it's just one of those i feel like I keep pushing it, that off. Like, I'll have to deal with that at some point. But. Has she been trying to get in touch aside from Facebook? No, not really. No. It's weird. It's very weird because I'm the only child, which I think makes it strange, too. Yeah. But no. What happened? Um, my grandmother died, and I wrote a article about it for The Atlantic, and that made my mom very mad. Why? Because um, it paints our relationship in not a good light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that uh, so then we had a big fight about that and that was sort of I was like I don't why you it's always bad our relationship is always bad so um, that was that was the last time we talked 
I haven't read the article, so I'm going to project a bunch of stuff onto it. <laughs> Go ahead. Were you at all like, how can you? <clears throat> I'm to- okay. I'm to- completely projecting. I'm ready. And it's, I should just be asking instead of suggesting. Here's a thing that I'm wondering if it's this, no, but no, I'm gonna no. do it anyway. This has to do with me. Okay. Were you at all like? How is it that you're angry about this when really, when reading it, you should understand that I have been hurt by things yeah. and you should have compassion? Absolutely. It was just my experience with her, with like my grandmother's death and like the female relationships in our family. And she j- didn't read it as like my opinion. Like she just read it as slander mm-hmm. as opposed to like, here's how I feel about being a woman in this family of difficult women which includes me like absolutely includes me um so it was just yeah it was just a weird was she upset that you feel the way you feel or was she upset that you were airing stuff in public i think more that i think the airing stuff in public i think she's fine with me not liking our relationship privately as long as i like am good at at like family functions Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I think she was much more upset that like, oh, this was published in the Atlantic, uh, which is, I guess, on I get it, but I'm also a writer, um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I so I recently had a similar thing. Um, oh, a mom thing. Yeah, a mom and dad thing, oh. and sister, actually, a whole family thing, whole family. where I talked about something that had upset me, um, involving my family Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was pretty measured in talking about it because I was confused, confused about the way I felt. I wasn't like, Hey, let me tell you about a bunch of shits I'm related to. Right. Cause I don't, I don't even think that way. Right. I just was like, I don't understand why I feel so this way and blah, 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 blah. And like everything just came out. Cause I, let a lot of it hang arguably too much hang out like that's just like for me talking about stuff is therapy for me yeah and also therapy is therapy but it's another it's another (laughs) bit of therapy yeah but um yeah so i felt like i was being you know fairly measured and whatnot but then they all were very they felt like i had shit talked to them and they were very upset and i had the feeling that i wondered if you had of like you shouldn't you be compassionate after hearing me talk, you know, but and right. yet I because we've worked through, you know, some of it. And, and I the thing is, I do understand where they're coming from, actually. Yeah, I, I do understand that when I present my side of it, I'm not taking into account their sides right. of everything. And that that probably does feel pretty bad hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that thing like sort of where I'm what I'm grappling with now is. Well, how do you be a, you know, for you, writer, or for me, whatever I am, <laughs> and still be close to people who don't want you to talk about things that you are, you feel compelled to talk about? Absolutely. It's really hard. And it's it's not the first time that I it's come up. Like, I've dated people that are like, hey, it was super weird that you talked about this on stage or, you know, um, uh, but that's not someone – that I can because I'm going to draw from life experiences, yeah. you know, like I'm not if you don't want me to refer to you by name or something, I will absolutely do that. It's a little tough when it's like, oh, this is a story about my mother. <laughs> but like, um, 
you try to respect people's privacy and I totally – I absolutely understand when people get upset because they aren't given a voice in your story. Like you're the hero and they're the person that did a thing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get them being angry and upset but I also feel like – because she, she was very supportive of everything I'd written out. Like, as long as it's not about me, it's great. You know, and that's – I don't think that's fair either. Yes. You know? I had a similar – I think one of the betrayals I I felt regarding the whole ridiculous thing that happened was I felt like not with every – because I feel like there, there are some people in my family who who don't agree with what I do within my career and – I mean, they do, but they they just – I see a lot of value in being transparent and being open yeah. and sharing painful things um, and talking about things that people don't always talk about that are difficult. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to me the value of that is like proven constantly by how many people get in touch to say right. this or that helped them. Yeah. And, you know, it's a community that you're creating. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's not fair to say people in my family don't agree with that. But um, – but, like one person in particular, I felt like always really, really believed in me and believed in in the value in that. So then to have that person be so upset that I'd aired stuff in public mm-hmm. was uh, I felt like, well, which is it? Except yeah. I do understand what it is is you're hurt, right? And I do get that, right? So does your so you think you will get back in touch with your mom? It, it's like a a thing that I keep kicking down the – like, yes, in in this, like, hypothetical – of course, we make amends in some capacity, but I don't think – we'll never be close. And I think that makes people who ha- are close with their moms very upset when they hear that. And it's like, no, but we don't have a good – we've I've never had a mom like you had a mom, you know? Yeah. Um, Do you feel like she gets you? I think we're I think the reason that we have such a tumultuous relationship is because we are too similar, mm-hmm. you know. Um so yes, I think she absolutely she knows every button to push, but that's every mom yeah. knows like exactly what to say to be like, "Oh my god." Um so yeah, I do think she gets me. I think like this thing and like just a hand a bunch of other unresolved fights it just led to i think both of us just being like let's just take a a break i don't know oh, so she was on board with the break too well i mean she's it's it's not neither of us are contacting each other it's not like i'm uh declining calls from her mm-hmm. you know have you guys ever gone to therapy together no is that something you have ever considered no <laughs> um which maybe i should um uh it is it really is just a thing i feel like i keep pushing down the road I think if I was going to have a kid or something, I'd make up with mm-hmm. her. I don't know. Yeah, I personally, I just want to be at the point where I'm not hurt by things involving my parents. I don't know if you yeah, can ever get to that point. Absolutely. But it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They were a huge part of my life when I was a child, and they're still a huge part of my yeah, life. Yeah, like that's You've nuts. got to be kidding. Yeah, come on. How are you still affecting my mood yes. in any way? But I mean, like, it, it's almost like they... Like they have a voodoo doll or something. Like it's so mm-hmm. – they have the power to so overwhelmingly affect my mood right. in a way that I feel is not right anymore. It yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. But I think it – for some people it just always is. You it, just – they 
Just like you're saying, like they just know all the buttons. To push. Absolutely. Uh, my whenever I'm in town, whenever I'm in town, as though I as though I didn't move six months ago, like <laughs> as though it's been so long. But like, uh, my dad will ask anytime I stay at my parents' house and my dad's house. He'll be like, "What time are you coming home?" And it's like whenever I want to, whenever <laughs> I want to. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I have a college degree. And a car. <laughs> Come on. Um, like that. Like the fact that they can just make you. Uh, 16 again anytime that they want to. Yes. And you just t- I just immediately become it where I'm like, oh, God, like just am- I do. I do, too. I immediately become like 13 or 14 yeah. and I get snotty. And even it's if it's awful. not not outwardly, but it's just in my tone. And right. then I step back and I'm like, why am I talking just be a- yeah. to someone in this tone of voice that I do not find acceptable? Right. What's going on? Yeah. And just- I don't know. I don't either. I don't. I don't think you ever get past it because I remember like going. My family, my dad's family's from St. Louis, and I remember going to like visit them when I was a kid. And my dad, I feel like my dad, same thing, would just revert back to that. Like, ugh, I'm whenever I, I'm going whenever I want, mm-hmm. whatever I need to do. I'm an adult man, and I have a child. You know, like I think it's that same thing. Like I don't think you ever shake it. No. I would weird. like to hear if there are people out there who feel like they can re- retain their connection to actually being an individual adult. Yeah. And don't say your mom's their- your best friend because that's really weird. No. What is that? That's that, the what weirdest. Is that? That's way worse. Yeah. That's way worse. I actually do think people who are like, no complaints, perfect parents. I'm like, oh, there's Some skeleton. Super like, dark. Yeah. So that dark. to me is always very strange. Yeah. They helped you bury a body or something. Right. And that's, you know, so you can't say anything bad. Yeah. I'm always, I always get a weird chill when I hear that. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know though. But then, so then what are we saying? Everyone has a fucked up relationship with their parents? I think I think the healthiest thing is to have a little bit of a fucked up relationship. <laughs> like a little bit. Yeah. Just a dash. Yeah. Just like, oh, God. At least that. I think you're right. Yeah. Speaking of dash, <laughs> Perfect. perhaps you're going to make dinner. Perhaps you're going to add a dash of spices to whatever you're making and you don't know how much. Don't mess around with trying to figure it out on this is such a weird way to get into this that was a great segue Thank i mean you. i don't even know what the thing is yet. i know well, just you wait <laughs> just you wait it's blue apron um and blue apron it's amazing they send you a box of ingredients that are perfectly measured out and a recipe card with foolproof instructions so you can make fancy gourmet home cooked dinners at home and you don't have to do that thing where you're like what am i gonna eat for dinner Maybe I'll just put something in the microwave or I don't know. Maybe I'll just like just go out or no, you know what? I actually want to do something healthy so that you go to the store. And then three hours later, you've bought way too much of something and you completely forgot to buy something else and you spent money and you're too tired. So you just think, you know what? I'll just have cereal. Don't do that. Don't just have cereal. Impress your friends with fennel rub pork tenderloin. Short rib burgers (laughs) on pretzel buns. Ginger short soy glazed salmon are just a few of the many things. But there's also... I. Well, I say I, but it was actually Daniel. Daniel made tilapia and it was super easy and it smelled so good when I got home and I thought, what's going on? Aha, Blue Apron. That's what's going on. Um, Yeah. And Gary's pretty excited by the bag that they include in the other ingredients that has all the little herbs and whatnot. Yeah, it's all separated out with like the exact right portions and it's like all separate. So it's not like you have to pick through anything. You just rip the plastic bag open and dump that shit in. It's awesome. Yeah, it's idiot proof. It's idiot proof, which is what I am. 
So I like that. Yeah. It's sort of like, I don't know if you guys have this feeling, but when I watch cooking shows and the person has yes. all the ingredients spread out, That's it's like exactly someone, why I love it. someone it's like, else did that. Who is yeah. that asshole who's setting this all up? I'd cook every night if there was someone who'd do that and clean up for me. Yeah. You're that asshole now. Yeah. There you go. Blue Thanks apron. Thanks to Blue Apron. That's right. Um, and I love the step-by-step instructions with the pictures and stuff because it takes the guesswork out of it. And each meal takes 35 minutes or less to prepare. And it's under $10 a meal, including shipping. So it's more affordable than takeout. Visit blueapron.com to see what's on the menu this week. And listeners to this show get their first two meals free. Just go to blueapron.com forward slash Allison. That's blueapron.com forward slash Allison. And if you do and you make something, send me a photo or tweet me a photo at Allison Rosen because I love to see that kind of stuff. Okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Paris Paramus says, I've never had a headache. That is, um, I feel like that's just you. That is just you. I don't think he knows what a headache is. <laughs> right. That, th- that, that dull ache in your head or sometimes a sharp pain in your head, stabbing feeling in your head, that's a headache. Try Experiment with skipping a meal or two. Tell me you've never had a headache after that. Yeah. Or even like, I don't know if he, he probably never had braces or anything. Yeah, probably not. Orthodontra headaches. It was rough. It was a rough. Have you ever had a hangover? That includes a headache. That's a headache. That's true. I remember when I had never experienced a hangover. Really? Yeah. You know, because when you're young, ish. Well, no, no, yeah. And like in college, I remember you know waking up the day after a night of heavy drinking and being like, I think I'm kind of thirsty. I wonder (laughs) if this is a hangover. (laughs) And then then, you know, at a certain point, it's like. Then they I get would awful. have, yeah, yeah. They get awful, and I would drink, and then before the night ended, already feel like I was beginning to get a hangover. Like yeah. I was getting them super fast. Yeah, so. um, yeah. That that's an age thing, right? Because I yes. feel like early twenties, no problem. Yeah, and now I, it's like a whole day. How old are you? Twenty eight. Yeah, you're still young. <laughs> I for me, I'm trying to think when it when the bad hangovers started. I don't know. For some reason, 30s in my head, but I feel like that's because I've heard other people say that around 30 is when it gets really bad. That's when you hit them. Yeah, I think. Um, except I know that when I was, I know that when I was like probably 26, 27, or 28, they were bad. Rich Bryant says I only stop to get gas when I'm on fumes. If distance to empty is above 10 miles, I don't even consider it. Um, you know, I used to always get if I had a quarter tank, I would get gas. Really? Yes. And That's then, my dad. My dad – and that infuriates me because you have – you still have a quarter tank. Right. This was the old me. This was the old you. This was the old me who was always afraid of running out of gas. Yeah. And, like especially if I was going to be driving to LA or something. Yeah. But now I think you really – then I started realizing just how far you can get on a quarter of a tank. Yeah. Um. So – I began really only getting gas when I really needed it, except now I have a car that flashes, you know, time to get – it doesn't say time to get gas, whatever it says, <laughs> at a quarter of a tank. Really? Mm-hmm. A, you can probably change that setting to be lower. Oh, I would like to do that. B, my mom insists on a half tank. That's really? crazy. That's a lot of gas she's getting. Ridiculous. That means but, that there's a half a tank of gas that's been in there since like 1986. Yeah, that's crazy. Not necessarily. I, I see your, I see your logic. But her argument, which I can't really say anything to, is well, what? What? how about when the big earthquake hits? You want to have no gas? Oh. And it's like, 
All right. Fine. Where is she going to go? Person. I have no fucking <laughs> idea. I don't know in her imagination, but uh, I haven't done it on my current car, but on my old car, when I was young and just didn't have anything better to do, mm-hmm. uh, it had one of those things that would say how many miles were left. And I just one day like drove in a circle kind of near some gas stations, figuring out how many miles after it got to zero it was. 19. Really? Mm-hmm. So you now, drove in a circle for 19 miles? It was a big circle. <laughs> I chose like three gas stations in Newport. Just drove around Newport. The weather was great. Wow. And when I ran out, I walked to a gas station and I knew I would never run out of gas again. 19. Yeah. So I so when that little light goes on, I don't really even pay attention to it. Because mine, first it says you need to get, again, it doesn't say you need to get gas, but it does that one. And then as it gets lower, but still not on empty, it shows a little gas nozzle. A fuel reserve thing. My yes. car does that too. Um, so, and that freaks me out. Like, oh, I feel like, oh, I'm going to run out any second. Who knows? I mean, but who knew that there was 19 in I there? I mean, that was, that was that one particular car, but I would imagine that when your car says 10 miles, you can safely assume you have 20. Right. We, my family, uh, drove across the country when I was 12 and we ran out of gas on the way to Colorado. Oh, wow. And I remember I had started to fall asleep. Was that a I fight? Heard, um, yeah. It I wasn't think it, not a fight. Yeah. yeah. I, it might have been a few harsh words. Yeah. Because I, I feel like if I was the mom in that scenario, there's no way I'm not getting pissed. Like, Oh, no. It was actually my mom. Oh, it was, she was on the receiving end oh, okay. of, the, of the getting pissed from my dad. Yeah. I think if it happened, I think there was probably a like just a small flare up and then, a, okay, what are we going to do? Right. And then we had one of those cardboard accordion things that goes in the windshield. Yep. And I remembered, because I never understood why on the back it says, like, need help. So oh, that's I great. remembered that. Yeah. So then we just held that up. And then a family picked us up. And I remember at the time thinking, all these times you guys have, like, everything you've ever told me about not trusting strangers. Yeah, here we lie. are piling into a minivan. Yeah. But it was a, a couple who had a young daughter. Yeah. Um, and they seemed who really they nice. Stole. And, Right. <laughs> I don't know where her parents were, but <laughs> yeah. So then they drove us to the gas station and then drove us back and they were super nice and it That's all great. worked out. But yeah. um, there was no point to the story. I just, just want to share it. Okay. Reggae Scott Punk says, when I wake up from a good dream in the middle of the night, I will try. I No, sorry. When I wake up from a good dream in the middle of the night, I try to will my mind to fall back asleep and back into that dream. I've done that before. Absolutely. Yeah. It never works though for it me. It never works. It's always, for me, it's always a sex dream where I'm like, oh God, I need to get back. <laughs> It never can't. works. Never yeah. works. Never works. Rachel says, when I see a TSA agent with facial face, I can't speak today. When I see a TSA agent with facial twitches, I assume it's because of the job and it's only a matter of time before he or she snaps. Um, when I see you. a TA, TSA agent in general, I just assume they're about oh, to snap. Oh, they're so, they're very angry. That job is, yeah. I know some supervisors who are like high up in the TSA and the story, like, if you ever meet somebody who's who works in the TSA at a party, give them a few beers and then ask for a story. You'll you'll get the craziest shit you've ever yeah. fucking heard of. Yeah. It's employees and and travelers alike. They just it it sounds so stressful. I don't think I've ever been at a party with one. I, no. There's a guy who tailgates with my family who's like the one of the top like two or three guys at LAX, and he just like I always wait until right before the game and then I go up to him and ask him what happened that week, and it's it never disappoints. Huh. Sarah Bieber says. After doing laundry, I struggle with what to wear because I know it is the furthest away from being clean again. Uh, nah. nah. 
I sort of associate with this because I don't want to wear my favorite shirt immediately because then it's out of the cycle for too long. Yes. But that doesn't make sense. Well, if I just wash something, I won't wear it if I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat eat dinner. Yeah. Which is where I do the dinner eating on the couch. Um, Something like that. But, yeah. But wait, what does she mean the furthest away from being clean again? I think that her insinuation is whatever you wear first after a wash is going to be out of the rotation the longest as opposed to something that you wear in the middle then you can wear it first again oh and there's less period of time gotcha that's how i read it i i could be wrong gotcha that is someone who does not have a washing machine in her apartment exactly yeah. and i just switched over to that so i can sort of identify how allison are you dealing with uh, laundry in new york uh i have a there's a machine in the building. Oh, that's nice. And I still cling to I'm like, I'm a good person because I'm not paying someone to do my laundry. I'm really clinging to that. Because that's a, such a – I mean it's such a service city. Yeah. And it just seems so strange to me to like have somebody come pick up my laundry and wash it and bring it back. I'm sure you've heard this argument, but it's almost the same price. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Would it make you feel better about it if you dropped it off yourself and picked it up yourself? But that seems – then it no longer like – is convenient, right? It would have but to it's be all them done picking and them folded up. for you. I know, but the, but but like it's lugging it down the street. No, I is agree. The thing. I'm just trying to find the happy medium because yeah, I should probably. Just I agree try that it. the whole I should and try everything is kind of makes me feel gross. Yeah, I feel like you should embrace it. I probably I, I should. But the try reason it. I think you should is because, like I said, it's almost the same amount of money. Yeah, I mean it. It's, the place it I is used very to go was like seven dollars or something, yeah. and yeah. that's about how much it costs to do your laundry. Yeah, yourself. absolutely. Yeah, I should do it. I should try. I should at least try it, and then I probably will love it, and then yeah. only do it. I mean, unless you love laundry, I don't. I'm not, I'm not that because per- I know laundry, those people. Is your laundry room sketchy? Because no. the one everywhere I lived, I was I never felt entirely comfortable down there, like leaving stuff. No, I never felt uncomfortable down there being down there. Oh, really? Well. One of the buildings I lived in was very big, and so that one was fine. But they're always in the basement, and yeah. there's always, like, exposed asbestos on the ceiling or something, and a serial killer could be living down there. That's yeah. how I always felt. Sure. Yeah. I guess mine doesn't creep me out. Ours is not in the basement, which oh, probably helps. Oh, that's nice. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, I haven't thought about it, so I don't think – and I think I generally – You would feel creeped out if Yeah. I generally think I'm going to get murdered, so – um, it's probably fine. <laughs> Michelle says, whenever people ask me what kind of music I'm into, I immediately forget the answer and just respond with, um, you know, stuff. Yes. I find yes. that that's a difficult question. What's your favorite movie is a difficult question. And, and they're you not gotta, fun questions. And you have to, you, you either have like your locked, ready to go answer. Right. Which maybe isn't true all the time. Um, and especially with music, I think music changes all the, like, right. but I have my like locked answers for all of those. What are they? I'm going to uh, ask now. Favorite movie is Three Amigos. Um, and favorite band is The Walkman. I already right. weaseled that into this conversation. Yeah. But like right now you're super into Mariah Carey. Super into Mariah Carey. But see, I don't like the music question because you're right. For favorite band, like I have that locked in too if somebody asked me that. But if somebody says, what kind of music do you like? Right. Yeah. It's just a shitty question It to is answer. because what are you supposed to say? Electronic dance music? Yeah. I mean, if you're under 25, yeah. But, like, it's just, it's terrible. I like a lot of different shit. Like, right. I, I have a lot of range. Like, it I is... love me some Eminem and I'll listen to Billy Joel any day of the week. So, yeah. what, what's my answer supposed to be? Yeah. I think... Anthemic and Eminem? I yeah. guess. Yeah. And what do I say? Rock, 
alternative. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. I like Blink One Eighty Two. Also, another one of my favorite bands. Like, how, what's the answer? I like music. Yeah, I I feel like what kind of music are you into? They're they're trying to assess what kind of person you are. Yeah, yeah, and fuck you. I don't want you assessing me based on that. It is a lame. It is a lame thing to go like by. It. Yeah, people who ask that question. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. <laughs> Dexter Wandel, Wendell says, clap at a fly. Sweet. Think I got it. Open hands slowly. Oh, this is written in the style of a Yelp review. Clap at a fly. Sweet. Think I got it. Open hands slowly and think, hope I didn't. I don't clap at flies. I don't clap at flies. Because I don't want a fly stuck on my hand. Right. Which is, is so yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I will. What, what do you do with flies then? Uh, like I'll do a swat mm. with your hand, with my hand. But that's not. I don't. I'm not squishing it, and now it's in my the palm of my hand. Right. I think if it's like near my face, I just don't want it to be. Oh near yeah, my face. that's just getting it away from your face. Right. Like on my hike today, which I went on, and I'm dressed as. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I ate a gnat. Just Ew. I know because because it, it was too close to my mouth. You know, someone will be like, you know, you eat sixty pounds of flies a year yeah, or something like that. I don't know if that's true, but it's gross. <laughs> Joanne says, "Ladies, or not, inevitably have to sneeze immediately after apply mascara smudge disaster." Absolutely, <laughs> I have never sneezed after. Really, I, I don't think I. No, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, what I've done is I'll get the wand like too I'll be I'll be too vigorously trying to apply mascara and I'll get the wand too close and then I'll blink hard and then I'll get it all over my face. And then that makes you sneeze? No, it just gets it all over. <laughs> it's just I uh, just similarly relating to her. Oh, okay. okay. I feel like it has happened where I've had to sneeze though. I've never sneezed. I don't I don't associate I don't associate those two things. All right. But it's it fine. Might, yeah. It's just not you. It's not me. Lazarus Long says, just me or everyone, I miss when only crazy people were talking to those, themselves on street corners. Hidden, excuse me. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I'm yawning. You're bored. No, it's not that, though. It's so not that. It's it's an ongoing thing. People <laughs> have noticed like the, it on Twitter. brain farts. Yeah. It's been happening lately. Brain farts and yawning. Yeah. And to the person who's like, I know, she's pregnant. Like, no, I'm not. Jesus, Really? People want to think I'm pregnant all the fucking time. Is that a thing? You get you just being tired because I I don't know what it maybe it is I don't know oh and maybe it was the brain farts that someone said was I if you're female I think people know you want to get pregnant sometime soon so yeah they're trying to be the first person so they can be like look I called it I hate that yeah no it's fucking stupid yeah, yeah. um. Okay. Lazarus Long says, I miss when only crazy people were talking to themselves on street corners. Hidden earpieces make it hard to tell who's who. Yes. There's also, in, especially in L.A., people uh, running lines for auditions. I've gotten that a couple of times where he's like, I'm not crazy. I'm just running lines. There was a, a guy saying the craziest, most horrific shit going down the street in like a – I thought it was Vincent Price – but someone's like, maybe even Bella Lugosi, like a mock horror movie voice. Oh, wow. And we had seen cr- a crazy person yell stuff at us in this on this street or in this neighborhood before. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of on guard for crazy people yelling stuff at us. Yeah. And what he said was, and I can't do the voice, but it was, and that one over there. <laughs> and that one over there. She should be in an... <laughs> it's hard for me to do it. In an asylum with a vagina for a noose. Oh. And I was like, doesn't work as a noose. 
Maybe a hat. <laughs> but not a noose. It was strange. Yeah. Um, it was so strange that I was like, either that guy is like full-blown That's a crazy, crazy It is, right? Yeah. Or doing lines for some new Eli Roth movie. Yeah. The craziest thing a crazy person ever yelled at me was dog shit in your mouth. <laughs> was he wishing it into your mouth I or think telling so. you what happened or that that happens to me you know like that same oh, person dogs that, shit in your mouth dogs shit in your mouth yeah i was like i don't see that I, is this m- is not how we're gonna start a conversation with me sir that like, is much more what you expect what right. i heard was like very baroque yeah it was high concept crazy yeah absolutely but i wondered i wondered could he be running lines for something but it seemed much crazier than but if that. he he pointed at you and said in that one no i think he just looked over it it seemed crazy it the thing that crazy. made it the mitigating factor was the voice yeah it was like the haunted mansion voice it was hmm. so theatrical hmm. but i still think it was a crazy person yeah i think you just got a flowery right artistic crazy person yeah i have a just mirror everyone that's kind of related to that one okay i don't this occurred to me the other day i don't understand it when you see somebody driving a car that's clearly four months old with a bluetooth in their ear oh because they could just be doing the thing through the car like i constantly see people driving around la alone with their bluetooth in their ear and it's like i don't know well, I hit my. I feel like I hit my technology cutoff. Like I never figured out how to tie my phone to my car. Oh, really? And then I got rid of my car because I don't live here anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, but if you could figure out how to tie it to your earpiece, you could figure out how to tie it to your car. I yeah. would have thought that I wouldn't want to do that because I would have thought that the quality would be really poor. But it's actually fine. It's okay. just fine. Not every car has that. No, that's true. But I mean, but the example I'm thinking of was a guy driving a brand new S class with paper plates on it. That thing's got more technology built into it than a space shuttle. It can definitely do that. Maybe his ear was cold. My theory is he's just a douchebag. Probably. Yeah. Now, is that your theory because he was wearing a Bluetooth? Or yes. because he has an S class? No. <laughs> well, the combination, but the Bluetooth was really what sent it over the edge. Okay. Did he have a furry face? Cause... You know, he, he had a soul patch, which... Are you serious? Mm-hmm. There you go. Are you anti-beard? No. This is a, another actually... smooth transition. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm actually not, but you know what I am anti? Just messy facial hair or body hair all over the place. You mm-hmm. don't need that. But you know what you shouldn't do to get rid of it? You shouldn't spend your money on an expensive laser hair treatment removal appointment or waxing, which is messy and painful and probably smelly. You need the no-no. It's a portable device. It's about the size of a cell phone. An old-fashioned stuff, like a Nokia cell phone specifically is what I would say it's the size of. But anyway, it's very, very portable, very convenient, and fun. And you just glide it along your skin, and it removes the hair, and it is painless, and you really don't even feel it. And that's why I love it, because I'm a wimp, and I don't like things that are uncomfortable, and I was afraid to use it the first time because I've... I feel everything, basically. But then I did it, conquered my fears, and I really didn't feel it at all. Um, And No-No works for everyone, all ages, all skin types, all hair colors, men and women. And I have found out that men are increasingly using No-Nos, and they're stealing them from their ladies. So, men, get your own No-No. Your entire purchase is backed by No-No's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them so you don't risk a penny to try No-No. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply, and you guys can visit my exclusive site to get an exclusive offer. Go to nonobestfriend.com, nonobestfriend.com, order online and get a free gift card. Don't waste another minute. Get no no. 
Go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-7715, 800-508-7715. All right. Thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that this worked out because with the bi-coastal back and forthness. I know. I didn't know if it was going to. I know. But then it did. Yeah. Then here we are. And now here we are. Here we are. So people can follow you on Twitter yes. at Allison Augusti. Yes. And what other things should they do? Um, I mean, I feel like that's it. There's, I don't know. I have a Tumblr. It's, you're fine. It's uh, Twitter's fine. Okay. End it. End it. Twitter. And they should watch late night. Oh, they should absolutely watch late night. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. We have a ringtone. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Um, You need this. Search Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. And we have a special bonus episode available. We have two bonus episodes available, actually. And I'll tell you about both. She's going to tell you about one, but <laughs> lucky you. It's your lucky day. Um, both of them were recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. And the one that we did most recently had Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and Gary and Chris and Matt and me. And we talked about all sorts of stuff, including the confusion of things going downhill. You'd think it would be mean that it's getting better. And also, butter sandwiches, are they a thing? I realized to someone who's never heard my show who might be tuning in for the first time, you might think, what? But these are themes that come up frequently on the Thursday show. It's a wonderful show. <laughs> wonderful. Um, and also, the year before, Doug Benson and Greg Proops were on my show. Go get those. They're bonus episodes. They're $1.99 each. Easily like $2.73 worth of shows. Uh, and you can get those in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show because they give us just a tiny bit, a few pennies, um, of whatever you buy. But it we we love the support through Amazon. So thank you guys so much for continuing to do that. Okay. Did I leave anything out, Gary? I did not then. All right. Thank you again so much. Thank you. It's super um, fun and enlightening. Okay. (laughs) I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we got to go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show.
Digital. Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Nono. To get your Nono and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. And just a reminder, this show was sponsored by BlueApron.com. That's BlueApron.com slash Allison. Go to BlueApron.com slash Allison.